3: At LuckyLandSlots.com.
1: Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus Turns and conditions apply.
3: You're listening to that Chelsea Podcast, episode 39. One step beyond. <laughs> Welcome back to that Chelsea podcast. I'm joined as always by Jack Davies. How are we doing, fella?
0: Yeah, I'm good, thanks, mate. Well, could have been better after that game we've just watched, but at the end of the day, we've won. We're through to a semi-final at Wembley, through in the Champions League, so you can't complain with that as a week for a, as a Chelsea fan.
3: Nah it's been a brilliant, brilliant week for Chelsea Football Club. Uh joining us on the podcast today, he returns. The first time since that free free draw of Southampton, so a lot has changed since then. But, Connor, welcome to, back to the pod, man. How are we doing?
2: I'm good, I'm good. I'm happy to be back. And for a change this time, uh, we are all in a good mood <laughs> as opposed to when uh, that 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 fateful day.
3: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly when Connor was the last on that that painful last yeah. equaliser <laughs> we conceded. And uh, making his debut on the pod is Mr. Dan Hill. Dan, how are we doing, sir?
1: well oh, good i'm all good thanks man thank you guys so much for having me on so good to come on at uh, probably the best time in the season
0: <laughs>
3: yeah it's probably been chelsea's best week this season it's probably been i can't remember the last time chelsea probably had as good a week as this to be honest in recent seasons so look forward to getting into it uh, as always with guests i sort of get them to give themselves a little plug so Conark, what is your twitter handle and where can people find you on twitter
2: my Twitter handle is at uh, Konarkantani, it's K-O-N-A-R-K-A-N-T-A-N-I. Uh, fair warning, you might not want to follow me if, if you don't want to go through a load of shit. <laughs>
3: <laughs> fair enough. Yeah, quite a few <laughs> sarcastic tweets you'll find from, from Konark on yeah. his, uh, his Twitter feed. Uh, Dan, where can people follow you on Twitter?
1: You can follow me on Twitter at uh, idanno 5 uh, I'm a writer for uh, at uh, the Chelsea social. So you can also find me on there. I'm a regular contributor there. And uh, it's a great page to follow. Anybody would like to. But that's where you can find me.
3: Yeah. Make sure you give both those boys a follow. Right. Week started with a crunch. Last 16 tie against Athletic Madrid. Chelsea bidded to get to the core finals of the Champions League for the first time since 2014 and Jack, we absolutely smashed it out of the park our best performance so far under Thomas Tuchel
0: definitely mate, definitely we, I know the Spanish league is probably in turmoil a bit at the moment but Atletico is still a decent team and we, we made them look average our best, completely nullified their attack I know Suarez is getting older as well but when you see him being taken off after 60 minutes, you know Rudiger and Zuma have done a blimmin' good job with him. And then Kante, there's no words to describe that bloke. He's just, he was sensational the other day uh, on it from the very go. And one of his best performances that I've seen in a long time. It was just brilliant from the whole team. And, and especially the front three, seeing them all combine for that first goal. Um, start look like they could be starting to hit some form so it was just a brilliant night and like you said to be through to the quarters for the first time in in seven years last time last time we did that I was 15 so it's it's been a long time coming so yeah I'm looking forward to the to the next round against Porter and hopefully we can continue the journey this season
3: yes Jack said, the last time we we won a round of 16 game, we got to the core final Jack and I were 15 and we hadn't sat our GCSEs yet. So that just shows how bloody long time it has been. Uh but Dan, that first goal, you know, it was a Atletico free kick. We cleared it and then we countered superbly. That front three, as Jackson sort of mentioned, combining superbly well you know, Timo Werner, brilliant pass, vacuum zesh to to put us on our way.
1: Yeah, it was a wonderful goal. Um uh I think a lot of, when dissecting the goal, uh, a lot of people overlooked the, the smooth kite glide in the build-up, which I, I thought was brilliant to see, but fantastic goal, uh, just great intensity by Timo um, to get that block in on Trippier's cross, Then just the, the really quick turnover and the quick break um, that stretched Atletico, had that 3-on-2, uh, believe in a, a wonderful ball across and a very tidy finish by uh, Ziyech. To start off his birthday week in a, a really fantastic week for Chelsea. Yeah, exactly. Obviously, you know, there were some
3: scary moments. after Co. Like Four might have had a penalty at 0-0, but it wasn't given. It was very soft, soft call, but you have seen given in the Champions League. Uh but come on, we still touched upon it. That man in Golo can say he was everywhere against Athletico Madrid, wasn't he?
2: Yeah, yeah, it was brilliant. Uh, I've I've seen I've never seen him play like this uh this season at least. And he was just phenomenal. He was everywhere. Uh, Not just in terms of ball recoveries, which he's great at. We all know that. But technically, he was so good uh, with the ball, passing the ball, those short passes between the midfield and defense. And he was just, uh, throughout the game, he just kept running. His intensity was amazing. You know, that last-minute run that he made, uh, in stoppage time just just showed you what kind of a player he is is just brilliant
3: yeah i feel like i kind of want to discuss all 11 players who were on the pitch against Athletico <laughs> cuz they were just all so superb and he, even the subs that, that came on um, but we say we did put that that game to bed you know late on emerson jack emerson of all people you wouldn't have predicted he'd actually get game time in in this time but what a finish from the boy
0: quality finish first time and that angle as well it wasn't it wasn't straightforward as well uh, uh, straightforward at all and he just buried it right in the bottom bins and it's one of those you just feel you just feel and think oh I wish it was in front of 42,000 at the bridge because the whole place would have absolutely erupted when that went in but it Calm the nerves for, for the last minute and sent us through so yeah it was a cracking moment
3: yeah as I say there are a lot of individual performances I kind of want to focus on so that's what we're gonna do now obviously the big news was that Andreas Christensen actually missed the game you know through illness and I think when that team news came out and we saw Kurt Zuma starting you know in the centre we were all a bit worried you know we kind of fall back to what happened against Southampton when he started in the centre, but Dan, Kurt, Zuma, you know, again, along with the rest of the
1: sense, didn't really put a foot wrong against Atletico, did he? No, it was fantastic. And uh, like you said, I, I felt very sort of hesitant uh, when he was put in the middle of the back three, just simply because he doesn't, I don't think he has the, generally as good a passing game as a, a sort of an, an Andreas Christensen or a Thiago Silva. I thought he was magnificent. Um, his pace, he wasn't really stretched the whole game, but his awareness and his reading of the game really meant that he didn't need to use his pace very much. I thought he closed down. Uh, he sort of had Suarez in his pocket the whole game. And uh, it was I just thought that the defensive system that uh, Tuchel's put in place has really got the better, the best out of anyone who really plays there. And uh, I don't think he, he really uh, was put under much pressure. And that's a nod to uh, Rudiger and Aspi at, at right back as well um but yeah truly fantastic
3: performance yeah uh Konark, again ngolo kante's midfield partner mateo kovacic i thought again you know another strong strong showing from him in a game where we were missing Jorginho and mason mount
2: yeah yeah mateo was very good against atletico as he has been recently uh fair play i i am not the biggest of fans of kovacic but He's he's, uh, ever since Tokel is coming, has been improving a lot, and uh, I think he's done a great job. Even against Atletico, he was one of the key players, and he he did a really good job uh, alongside uh, Angolo, which led us to this great victory.
3: Yeah, and as Saul mentioned, you know, going through. A lot of players, Jack, Eddie, Mendy, you know, again, Mr Solid, Mr Reliable. Atletico did actually offer more than they did in the first level. They did actually have shot on target and he made some big save. you know, no more so than that late save to deny Jao Felix when we were still 1-0 up.
0: Yeah, that was that was massive, really important save. And that just goes to show what a good goalkeeper is. If you're a good goalkeeper playing for these big teams and you have most of the possession of the ball, you can quite easily switch off from from not having so much goal action in and around you, but that's what really shows how good a goalkeeper he was to keep his concentration and tip that shot from Felix over the bar and and keep us in the game, and then yeah allowed us to go go on and score the second. But I think he's got the most clean sheets in the Champions League Champions League now, and he's just keeping them for fun, isn't he? So. He's just got to keep going. He's, I think I said it last week. He's just been an absolute steal for twenty-two million.
3: Yeah, yeah. Another top, top performance from him. Obviously, you know, Hakim Ziyech also started that raised a few eyebrows, but again, you know, Dan, fair play to him. He took his chance, and I thought, you know, that goal especially lifted him, and he really, you know, had a really positive impact on that game.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and I certainly think that, uh, as I said, I mentioned. Previously, that the defensive structure Tuchel's in, put in place. I think it's really given uh, Ziyech a lot of freedom as well. And, uh, you know, he likes to drift in, drift in between the lines. And I thought he did that very well against Atletico. And uh, that finish that he sort of had was very Hakeem Ziek to go with it, that celebration at the end as well. It's very nonchalant and in typical Ziek style. And uh, I thought it was brilliant to see.
0: I just want to say on Ziyech quickly, but I thought in the first half, especially, like I can be a bit critical of him I thought he he gave the ball away uh, quite a few times just misplaced passes but then what I was absolutely loving to see from him was the work rate and the desire to go and win the ball back and I saw, saw him multiple times recover balls and and tackle people win the ball back and get us possession and that's what he's got to keep doing to play in the Thomas Tuchel team. So that was just, yeah, quality to see that from him. And it looks like he's he's buying into the um, to the style of play and again, scoring today. So it looks like he he could be on the way up, hopefully.
3: Yeah, yeah. A really good showing from Hakim Ziyech, you know, proving, I guess, a lot of that was wrong, ourselves included. You know, we had a very honest, open discussion about Hakim Ziyech, you know, on the previous pod. So there's a really strong... Showing from him, as I said, lots of you know, outstanding players. That's a solid game, you know, Jack. Uh, yeah, I'll go actually. No, Clark Antonio Rudiger, man. What, what, what a turnaround! You know, he'd gone from you know, you know, especially when the, the stories came out about you know, maybe his what any role he had to play in terms of Frank going, but he's turned it all around and what a performance. And you know, to top it all off, getting Savage sent off.
2: Yeah, yeah. Ever since Frank's gone, I think there's been a huge transformation in Uh we, we saw how stories came out about his involvement in the dressing room. But uh, ever since Tuchel's come in, he's just been uh, improving every week. And he's he's been solid defensively. Uh, plays well with the ball. I think the system suits him a lot. Uh, I don't think he's that great in a back four. But he's been very, very good in a back three. And uh, he's he's just been a regular starter for us. And I think he should start every game because the way he's playing is not someone you could drop at the moment. And uh, yeah, in the Atletico game, he was again very solid. And uh, the sending off was a bit, it was funny actually, (laughs) because the way he went down and then uh, he was smiling when he got up, (laughs) that was a bit. You know, I like that we've missed that kind of attitude from some of our players recently. So, I think that's a huge, huge thing to have in the team right now.
1: Well,
0: he did an Atletico Madrid on Atletico Madrid
3: there.
1: Exactly. (laughs) Channelling Diego Costa. Yeah, exactly.
3: And if anyone remembers David Luiz, I think against Manchester United in 2013, where he got someone sent off and you get that cheeky wink or whatever. That is brilliant. And we had absolutely... Boston, Atletico Madrid at their own game. So, the final player I want to talk about, Reese James, Jack, right wing back. You know, again, he didn't did put a single foot wrong. Another top, top performance from a boy. And, you know, people, people, we have sort of questioned his defensive, you know, solidity. You know, we know how good he can be attacking wise. But again, he sort of, you know, that was such a strong showing from him, wasn't it?
0: Definitely. And I think his defensive side of the game just keeps going from strength to strength is, um, the boy's strength as as a person, he is an absolute unit. You, there's not many players that are going to be getting past him and he uses his body so well. I remember there was one against Atletico Madrid, he sort of used his body and rolled them and then sent us on a counter-attack. Um, and yeah, he, and we, what well, we know his capabilities going forward, but yeah, I just think his defensive side's really improving and He's he's getting the rewards at an international level as well. And um I think he's got a massive chance starting starting for England in the in the summer at the Euros.
3: Yeah, yeah, huge, huge it was just a huge night for Chelsea I kinda wanna focus on this before we go on to the Champions League. Obviously, at this stage a year ago, we just got absolutely destroyed by a phenomenal Bayern Munich side. It was men against boys. It's probably the most the most dominant performance I can actually remember seeing against a Chelsea side where we were just so outclassed. Mm -hmm. Uh, But Jack, one year on these boys, they turned into men that night, didn't they? How just significant is that just for this football club in general? the fact, we've actually got to the court finals for the first time in seven years. And that these players that, you know, many have doubted if they're actually good enough for this level have shown that they are.
0: Definitely is in football psychologically. Um, psychologically is like a massive massive factor with anything. So to get to get a big win like that in in a European competition to send us through that's only going to do the confidence of the boys the world of good and seeing all these youngsters playing at the very top level and showing that we can do it and beat Atletico Madrid 3 0 on aggregate comfortably, um, it's only really good signs for us going forward if we can keep hold of all these all these amazing talents.
3: Yeah, Dan, perhaps our biggest result or maybe, well, oh yeah, our biggest result for a few years, would you say? Or is that maybe perhaps going slightly over the top given it is just a round of 16 tie?
1: I think in the context of the of Europe, I think it's our biggest result. I'll probably, I'll probably put the, the Europa League final win up, up slightly above it simply because it's a trophy. But I think in terms of psychologically beating a massive team in the Champions League with a young crop of players, I think it's a really good, you know, a nice little, as Jack said, a nice little psychological boost for, for this very young group. And something that they can also fall back on when times get tough, you know, they can say, if, if we're sort of drawing one all the way to West Brom or whatever, they can say, yeah, well, we have the ability to kick on from here, from here. you know, now we've beaten a big European side, we've proven ourselves. And uh, I certainly think it is probably, aside from the Europa League win since 2014, probably our biggest, our biggest result in Europe.
3: Yeah, fair enough. Um... Connor, how much do you think that result not I don't say galvanize our scene because there's still a lot to play for, but how much do you think that result just will like what do you think that will send that result show the rest of Europe and the rest of those, you know, left in the Champions League, given how we just comfortably dispatched our player Co Madrid? I think it's
2: a huge result in that sense, you know, because uh, games like these when you beat such a such a huge team and dispatch them so comfortably. Uh, it just sends out a message that this team is. We've just put ourselves on the radar with that, because before that, I don't think anybody backed us to be, beat a team like Atletico and go through. Uh, but after that performance, I think the entire equation has changed. Uh, a lot of us are. Uh, a lot of us are now backing the team to go through to the final. Uh, after that result. And I think that just makes a huge difference uh, even in the players' confidence going forward. Uh, they start to feel that uh, they, they don't need to be convinced that they have it in them to go on and win trophies. They, they start to feel that themselves. And I think that makes a huge difference in the way we play going forward.
3: Yeah, obviously after that, brilliant uh, result against the Champions League draw happened and boys fair to say we got the best best draw we could possible drawing FC Porto Jack well I guess yeah realist really really strong chance of a semi-final appearance
0: on paper yeah you'd like to think so but I've, it's one of those you can't estimate underestimate anyone in the Champions League Um you see like us against down and out against Barca and go and beat them in 2012 to go through things like that. Anything can happen, but yeah, on paper that was the best draw we could have got for the quarters and also having City, Bayern, PSG on the other side. So big teams are going out on the other side of the draw. So yeah, like Konak said, we've got, we potentially have a huge chance of getting to the final, um, so yeah, we we just got to keep performing, and if we're keeping clean sheets, then we're gonna have a big chance of 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 um going through and winning games. So um yeah, we'll just have to see. I just think as well, going back to what we were saying about the the win and stuff over Atletico, all the other teams before that draw, after seeing us win that comfortably, no, I don't think anyone would have wanted to play us really. We've, yeah, like L- conor said, so put ourselves on the radar there, definitely.
3: Yeah, fair enough. And Dan, I guess, you know, the fact that after that, there's a potential of Liverpool, Real Madrid in the semis. I know we don't perhaps want to look too far ahead, but again, pretty... We well, you give ourselves a decent chance of getting to both those two sides as well, wouldn't you,
1: should we get past Porto? I think so, because we've got the... As I keep saying, I'll go on about it, but we've got that defensive platform and I think as long as we manage to keep uh, anybody out, I don't think anybody wants to play us. And uh, yeah, like Jack said, avoiding PSG, Bayern, and uh, Man City is a really big uh, sort of pep in our step. Um, but as I, uh, before, we get too carried away, we do need to get past Porto. Uh, but certainly, I think I, I would give us a chance against Rail and Liverpool, particularly with how they are playing at the moment. At Liverpool, not a good league form. Uh, OK, they did, they did well in, in the Champions League. Uh, last 16 but also or rail, i suppose are picking up with a bit of league form at the moment but they haven't sort of uh lit the lit europe up in a couple of years so um yeah i think we've we've definitely got a chance and uh we need to sort of get our heads down get our, get through porter over the two legs and uh and keep playing like we're playing keep being confident and uh doing what we're doing yeah
3: yeah fair enough uh right after the champions league jaw we returned to domestic action and the FA Cup and another chance to get through in another cup competition, a chance at Wembley awaited us and we got there. It wasn't pretty.
2: It really
3: wasn't enjoyable at all. It was pretty tense at times. You know, at times we were certainly getting outplayed by Sheffield United, but Conard just, I guess, overriding feeling after the Sheffield United game
2: yeah, so uh, as as opposed to Atletico, a very contrasting performance, uh, not impressive at all. However, we did get uh, through, and uh, in, in a comp- cup competition, I think that's what matters. As I, uh, I think that uh, we are not we are not exactly there yet. As we were talking about uh, us putting ourselves on the radar, I think there's a flip side to it where we know that we are not there yet. So, we'll see these kind of inconsistencies in our performance week in and week out. But uh, I think it's good that we are effic- efficient even when we are not that great. Uh, so, we, 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 if we continue to get results even when we're not performing the best, then I think that's that's a good sign.
3: Yeah. Uh, Jack, kind of a couple of players I want to focus on today, but I thought Ben Chiu had a really good good show today. It's probably one of the few players you put in a good performance today.
0: Yeah, no, definitely involved in in both goals, forcing the, forcing the own goal with the first one, and then, I mean, I, I personally I don't think it was the best of crosses for the second. But it was more ZX brilliant touch and quality finish, but another assist, and then, yeah, he just he did perform really well, I thought, um, and gives himself a, gives himself a massive chance there he needs to just keep putting in performances like that to show Tuchel that going forward next, because I think he'll still use Alonso for the rest of this season, but going forward next year that he, he should be the main man uh, for us in that wing back role or if he switches to a back four, but yeah, no, he, he was really good. So happy to see that because people were sort of getting onto him a bit for a few performances recently, but yeah, today was really good.
3: Yeah, and Dan, I guess Kepper in goal—he saved our bacon a few times today, didn't
1: he? Yeah, he had some good saves. Uh, I think it's uh, it's good for the for his morale to get, get a bit of to get a clean sheet, and I think he seems to be our designated cupkeeper. But uh, I think I forget which shot it was from, but I saw a nice save that he palmed out, and uh, perhaps the old Kepper would have uh, flapped at that and let it go in, and then it, it's one-one, and then we're. Uh, you know we're, we're hanging on towards the end but uh, i think he had a not a standout performance but a, a solid performance you know uh one that you'd expect of a, a good goalkeeper and i, I certainly think he, he gave a good account of himself and uh he looks to be re- returning to some level of uh of of confidence and uh it's good to see him come out from relative cold and actually and deliver and not look overawed or jittery or anything like that and uh just just do what what's asked awesome of him. Nothing spectacular, nothing poor, just solid.
3: Yeah, but uh, obviously, I guess one of I guess another positive uh, Christian Pulisic today. He was getting certainly the the old ha- Eden Hazard treatment, just getting absolutely manhandled by the Sheffield United players. But credit to him, he stuck at it, and you know, I guess we're just missing that goal from him. But uh, an encouraging showing from him, given how he's you know struggled for chances and minutes under Thomas Tuchel so far.
2: Yeah, I think it was an encouraging performance for him. Uh, he's just, I think, low on confidence at the moment and he's not in the best of touches. But having said that, he did he did really well, especially in the opening period of the game where uh, he, he, you know, there was a chance. He, he carved out a chance, you know, when he picked up uh, possession out of nowhere and he just ran through on goal. It was unlucky that he missed it and, he should have scored but i think that's a good sign that he's willing to make those runs uh even after after the break in the second half i think uh, he made a very good dribble very beat 3 defenders and broke into the box again but again that was just the finish lacking but overall it was uh, an impressive performance not not impressive but an encouraging performance and i think he can take it forward and get better he'll get more output
3: yeah, for our final player I kind of want to talk about today, Hakim Ziyech. As sort saw of Dan mentioned earlier; had been a really good week for him, and you know, Danny came off the bench today, and fair play to him. If a one chance he got, a clinical finish and a clin- you know, clinical is not a word you'd use to describe Chelsea's attacking play so far under Thomas Tuchel, but an
1: important finish to kill the and send us to Wembley. Absolutely, and uh, I think given the context of the game and how Sheffield United were coming back into it, it was a really good. Goal to get at an important time, deep into stoppage time, and really just sort of made the last couple of minutes uh, rather, rather more relaxed. And uh, yeah, special nod to him for that super chest and that arrow finish. It was a brilliant goal. Um, another player I'd like to mention as well as Zeek, if I may, is uh, Billy Gilmore today. I think he, I think he was f- fantastic today. I, I like the way he was neat on the ball, and uh, he's very tidy and never shy to get stuck in. And I thought he had a, an, an outstanding. Outstanding game today. Was well, certainly one of our better players, but yeah, for, as for here. Fantastic week, two goals uh, in two important cup ties, and onto the FA Cup semi.
3: Yep, and we'll be back in a sec in part two, guys, to continue answering your questions. <music> Welcome back to part two. We're now answering your questions. First question comes in from Gaddy. He asks, "Thoughts on Billy's performance, and do you think he should be starting a few of the games that are left, or is he not yet there yet compared to our other options?" Dan, we're just talking about Billy, so I'll give this to him to start
1: off with. Yeah, I thought Billy was brilliant today, and as I said previously, I really like the way that he uses the ball. He's so neat and tidy, and uh, he, for me, like today, he put. I don't know if you if you guys saw it, you must have seen it when uh, Callum Hudson-Odoi was offside, but Billy put in his delicious ball over the back of the the Sheffield United uh, defence and I thought it was fantastic. It's just emblematic of uh, who Billy is and how he plays. Um, uh, To be honest, I'd love to see Billy play more, but uh, I think given the context of the remainder of the season where pretty much every game is going to be a bit like a final with top four uh, so so tight with so many teams in there, I find it difficult to pick Billy over Kante, Kovacic or Jorginho, particularly because all three are playing very well. And so, I, honestly, I, I love Billy to bits and I'd love him to play, but I, I find it really quite difficult to put him in there. Um, he'd be a good option to have uh, if any of them sort of gets injured. Crossing fingers, that doesn't happen. But uh, I just think it's it's a bit too soon for him, given how important the, the remaining games are for the rest of the season
3: yeah fair enough uh next question rj what did you make of that performance so i'm by i'm presuming we'll go sheffield united i didn't enjoy it i'll just be really i'll give you guys to all be quick on this uh this one because it's two part i didn't enjoy it but it was workman like we got the job done in the cup the results all that matters we'd rotated a bit so we got the job done nothing really else to add uh Conak, mm-hmm. anything to add to that
2: yeah i think you've summed it up it's just uh it's a cup game the results all that matters uh, performance was far from impressive and that's that's about it i think
3: fair enough uh part two of our question is which player stood out for you in both a good and not so good way jack
2: um
0: good and i think i agree with dan i think billy was really good it was it was a shame to see him taken off with 20 minutes to go or so quite early. I know the game was sort of going against us, but I still thought that was a bit of a shame because like Dan said, with the that pass to Callum, it's just it, it sort of, I, I see those kind of passes and think back to when we had someone like Fabregas and that's why I think he is a quality option for us because he can provide that, something slightly different than the other three. Um, so yeah, no, I thought Billy was good. Chili, we said as well. Um uh Ziek with the goal. And then Pulisic as well. I think he he stood up. I know he needs the goal and stuff, um, but just nice to see him taking on men and, and being decisive with his with his movement and skills to get past people like that. Flip flap was that was that was filthy in the second half and just couldn't quite finish it off. But I'd, yeah, I'd like to thank the uh, Sheffield United players for kicking him. To be honest, because I think, well, when I when I play and I'm play as a playmaker, sometimes you like getting fouled by people because it shows that you're getting the better of them. So him getting all those fouls and then I think he started to then get into the game more, take people on. So hopefully this game is the start for him to keep building his form up because. We've seen him do it and we know he can do it after how he used to, how he played for us last season. Yeah.
3: Anyone not so good. Not the only so one that came to mind was when I think Aspie got done by McGoldrick way too <laughs> easily. That was that was filthy from that was just ugh. But part honestly, <laughs> like I'm struggling I don't think if anyone was like really bad, I just don't think it was a great team performance on the whole. No. There's no one yeah, that stood like, out to rude, me that was I bad. Yeah, nah, no, anyone that
0: was bad, but I think Giroud struggled to get in the game. But he got taken off early too, didn't he? So,
3: yeah, Callum, maybe I thought he was a bit quiet today. But again, I wouldn't say bad. It, it was a tough. As I said I just don't think there are many great performances out yeah. there. Uh, right, next question comes in from Shyam. He goes, despite the, despite the incredible run that the team is in, is there any segment of this Chelsea side that you are not conf- that you are not confident still? Not the players, but in terms of the overall gameplay, Dan? Uh,
1: I wouldn't say not confident, but I would like us to be a bit more clinical and attack. Uh, That's simply just because uh, I think we need to, going into the final part of the season, we need to stop, we need to win games, obviously. But um, I wouldn't say uh, not confident, perhaps be a little bit strong for me, but I I just think I'd like to see our attack be a little bit more fluid, a little bit better, similar to how it was. Against Atletico, I know it's very difficult when you uh, are playing two, three games a week, but uh, that, that uh, if I'm putting my hypercritical hat on, I think that's probably what I'd like to see a bit more of, just because I don't think we've, we haven't scored more than two goals in any game under two goals so far, so I, I, it would be nice if we could, uh, I'm being fussy now, but it would be nice if, if we could uh, score three or four in a game. Yeah,
2: Konark? uh yeah i think i agree with what dan said uh in attack we haven't looked very fluid uh that's been a bit of a concern you know sometimes we're just passing the ball around and there's no end product you know you just lack that incisiveness in the final third Uh, and sometimes we lack the finish too so i think i'd like to see more of that i think i'd like to see us kill games off better
3: Uh, that's about it. I think otherwise we've been fine. Fair enough. Uh, For me, the biggest thing I guess on this side is I think the mentality. It frustrates me how we can, I know there were changes made today, but it frustrates me how we can go from looking so good against Atletico to looking like we did today. And it was similar how we look so good against Everton and then how we put in that performance at Leeds. And this whole question from David Branch links into it and he goes, since Tuchel came in, we've been poor against Wolves, Southampton Leeds, Barnsley, and Sheffield United dropping points in the first three. And obviously the, the two games were cup games, which we got the job done uncomvincely. Whilst being excellent, v be Tottenham, Liverpool, Everton, and Atletico Madrid, we have a favourable run coming up. Mentality for these games needs to change. Jack, I he's kind of <laughs> nailed it there. spawn.
0: Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, we, we have turned up in these big games. It's these other ones that have been slightly more difficult. Um, but yeah, I think we, like Dan said as well, we need to, against with, with these favourable fixtures, we need to, at least a one of one game or so, we need to try and go and put a few more goals past people. And then that will um, breathe even more confidence for us. But um, yeah, I mean, when you look at these fixtures, we need to be picking up big points from them because we've got the likes of, I think it's like Leicester, Arsenal. Uh, Villa right at the end of the season, so and, and City. We, yeah, and City, we. So we need we need to put ourselves in a decent position before we go into those games.
3: Yeah, I think this run coming up is West. I mean, our games might be subject to change. I think the Brighton game might now be moved due to the FA Cup semi-final. Okay. But West Brom, the likes of West Brom, Palace, Fulham, etc. We need to be winning those games if we want to be getting top four. And I do think. Mental, it's just this Chelsea. I think the biggest thing this Chelsea team, and it's not, it's not re- I'm not sure so, it's maybe his it mentality as well, but it's just that it's a problem we've had for a while is we can't string like consistent, really good performances together and get results together. And I think that's shown above the fact that our longest win streak this season is four games in the league in a row or something like that. Yeah. I think that's the you know, the main thing, and it's you know, possibly also due to the quality at times, but. Yeah, David, I think that you are bang on. And I know you got that from your tweet, but that was the mentality in this squad does need to change because I don't fear us in big games under Tuchel. We've kind of, you know, a lot of the questions at the start were, oh, Chelsea haven't beaten anyone good, you know, and we've beaten a few good sides now. So I don't worry about that, but I do worry about us slightly against lesser sides. But then again, today we did also play pretty dreadfully and we still managed to score two against Sheffield United. And I'd imagine against West Brom where we're not rotated as much we will also create chances. So I think, you know, I am slightly worried about mentality, but at the same time, I think in the Premier League, we do tend to be more up for it. I think it's just maybe, a year's questioning, but I think our two, maybe our two worst performances have come in the FA Cup under Thomas Tuchel, yeah. where, that, where, where, where that perhaps isn't, that, where that perhaps is maybe the third priority out of, you know, the Champions League and finishing top four. Um, right, the next question comes in from Ayush. She goes, do you think that the international break will hamper our progress because we are on such good form at the moment? Konark.
2: The international break always, you know, uh, it's always concerning and I'm always nervous when players are going into the international break because, uh, you know, the momentum uh, sometimes gets disrupted and also there's a chance of injuries to key players. However, I do think that we've got a good squad depth right now and Tukul's been using all of our players well. So even if someone, say, gets injured or something, I think we should be fine in terms of the personnel we've got. We've got replacements for a lot of players in the side available if they do get injured or something. Uh, As far as the momentum is concerned, I think... uh, it shouldn't be a huge problem, uh, considering that uh, a lot of our players will still be playing in the international break and I, I don't think it should hamper our progress, ideally, but we, we never know what, what's going to happen.
3: Fair enough. And Dan, part two of our question is, what do you think of Billy Gilmore and Callum hudson Doy's best position on the pitch and who they must be modelling their game upon?
1: Oh, gee, that's a tough one. Um, I think Billy's best position is uh, in two calls, as he calls it, a double six in midfield. Uh, probably uh, in a with a back three, so next to maybe somebody like Kovacic or Kante. I think that's his best position. And uh, it, for Callum, I definitely think uh, a, a right wing in a three. That's that would be my favorite uh, position for Callum. I think he can play on the left as well, but I, I like his directness and his speed. Uh, and his dribbling ability, I think that really lends itself to playing at wing rather than wing-back. I know um, Tuchel's like to, he played him at wing-back to begin today and then switched him when Reese came on, or no, when Aspie came on. Sorry. And, uh, but I, I much prefer him in, as a, uh, a winger, right or left winger, rather than a, a right wing-back. Uh, not because I think he's bad at the position, because he's, he's certainly been good when it comes to providing width and directness. But I just think uh, he's not a defender and I don't think he ever will be a defender. Um, That's just the way he is. Fair enough. Uh,
3: Dean's question sort of links into the first part of this one. Jack, if we got an injury in the international break, which player would you least like it to be? Sorry to be doom and gloom, but things are going suspiciously well. (laughs) Oh, Dean, ever be optimist.
0: Um, I think when you see... Someone like Angola Kante's performance against Atletico Madrid and what he can provide us in those big games. Um, there's no one better than him at it. Um, he's just a phenomenal athlete when you see, like we've already mentioned, him in the 93rd minute absolutely bombing it up the other side of the pitch, pretty much sprinting past Pulisic with the ball to create that uh, three-on-one overload to allow him to slip it to Emerson and score the goal I just yeah I just think what Kante brings to us um, no one else really can Um, although if if he did get injured touch wood he doesn't but like we said we we've got people in there you've got your Jorginho cover and and Gilmore but yeah I think for me it's got to be N'Golo
2: fair
1: enough Dan uh, I think Jack stole my answer there, but uh, yeah, I think uh, I I would say uh, Edward Mendy. I don't want to see Edward Mendy get injured. I think he's been simply fantastic since we signed him. And uh, Jack mentioned he's been a 22 million pound bargain, but I think good old to steal gems. Uh, nickname for him Spider Mendy. I think he's been brilliant. Um, he's a he's a fantastic player, and I think our goalkeeping department is sorted for the next five years. I hope at least. But yeah, I really wouldn't want Edward Mendy to get injured.
3: Fair enough. And Konark, what about you? What player would you, who's one player we can't afford to see it be? Uh,
2: I think I agree with Jack. Uh, it, it should, I think, be Angola Conte because he's being he'll be the key player for us going forward. And I think in the run of fixtures that we have, he'll he'll be uh, very, very important for us. Uh, it would be Mendy as well, I think, because we don't have, uh backup keeper but I just I think I saw a quote from Tukul saying that he's not going because he has some tooth operation to make or something like that which which sounds sounds a little fishy to me <laughs>
3: <laughs> right uh as for me probably Antonio Rudiger or Andreas Christensen I didn't think I'd be saying that a few months ago but I think they're so key to to how we play and I think what's quite startling is the one player we've, none of us have mentioned is Mason Mount and he's been superb for us this season but I think it's shown under Thomas Tuchel how we don't, we haven't, you know we have gotten away without him, you know that Atletico Madrid performance we got, we did without him and you know even um, even at Everton we you know he was on the bench for so yeah but the players we can't afford would be definitely Tony Rudiger or Andreas Christensen for me, right. Next question comes in from Abijat, who asks, "Let's talk about the Champions League, and next up, Porto. What do we need to be careful about, and use, and what do we need to be careful about, and use our strengths against a very strong and determined team? Conak, obviously, you know, you know, we're all happy that we've got Porto, but Porto have also dumped Juventus out the Champions League." What do we need to be wary about with Porto, and how do we go? How do we go about being them? Uh,
2: I think that's uh, in the Champions League. It's it's fatal to underst- underestimate any team because even you know any team, even if they're not performing well in the league, uh, any team can beat you in the Champions League on the day because it's just a different ball game, and we we just need to be wary of. Uh, getting complacent against them because you know we've seen everybody say that it's a favorable draw it's the best draw we could get but that could lead to a little bit of complacency and I don't think we should allow that to creep in Uh, other than that I think we should just keep playing the way we've been playing we should focus on the basics and not get too carried away uh, and not try to do things that we shouldn't be doing just, just play our game and we should be fine against Porto. I think.
3: Yeah. Okay. Final question comes in from Travis. He goes on a scale of one to ten, what would you rate the chances for Chelsea to lift the FA Cup, the UEFA Champions League, and the combined odds for both cups to be lifted at the end of the season? So I'll go around each one of you. Jack, what? What? Firstly, what the chance? What chances on a scale of one to ten do you give Chelsea of lifting the FA Cup?
0: Um. Depends on the draw later, but
3: um Yeah, this will be this is being recorded before the draw, so we do not know who we've got yet.
0: I don't know, give it a seven or eight. I don't know. It's difficult. It's difficult to say, isn't it? It Depends on who who you get, etc. But we're in the final four. Like why not us, basically?
3: (laughs) Yeah, fair enough. Obviously I think the one team we're probably hoping for, you know, Southampton. But again, you know, they, they haven't conceded a goal in the FA Cup. They caused us problems both times we played in this season, so they won't be easy. OK, Jack, so you've given us 7, 8 out of 10 for the FA Cup. What about our chances for the Champions League, given that, again, we've had a favourable draw in the quarterfinals and, you know, probably a, a decent semi-final draw potentially as well?
0: Um, I'm I'm going to go 6 because... Yeah, we've had a favourable draw, but at the end of the day, we've still got three hurdles to go over to get our hands on that trophy. We've got a quarterfinal, a semi-final against either Liverpool, Real Madrid, and then you could have your PSG's Bayern, City, etc. in the final potentially. So, yeah, I think, yeah, five or six for that. But but we we've got a chance of getting there, I think.
3: Yeah, fair enough. Um, Dan, what would you rate our chances for the FA Cup out of 10?
1: I think I, I really don't want to play City. Um, so if it's City, I'd probably say 5 out of 10. But if it's if we play them in the semi, uh, but I think overall, probably, yeah, i will go with Jack, 7 out of 10. I think it's a, we have a fair shot. And as, a, as a, we've all mentioned before, we don't really look like we're going to concede many goals and that's exactly the type of thing that you want in a cup tournament is a team that doesn't concede goals you always give yourself a chance to win the game no matter who you're playing against so the fa cup uh i would probably say seven out of ten and especially seeing as we're already through to the semi-finals uh like jack said we've got three hurdles in the champions league final, so we've got an extra two games that we have to play so i think we're more likely to win the fa cup than the champions
3: League. fair enough and a, a score out of 10 for the champions league
1: Oh, this is tough. I think something that people have also mentioned have, have neglected to uh, mention when it comes to potentially not, I will qualify this by saying we do need to get past Porto because it will be tough, is that when we get to the semi final, we're playing two teams who have won the Champions League in the last three years. So that's something they've got pedigree and they've, they're used to winning this tournament. They've got really big players in their team. So um, Champions League... I'd love to say six or seven out of ten, but I'm I'm probably gonna lean towards a four or a five simply because there are a lot of big teams we have to play and, and that's Champions League is not straightforward at all. Fair and enough. we'd have to play would have to play a big team in the final as well. Yeah, fair enough. Connor, would you rate our chance
3: of winning the FA Cup out of ten? Uh
2: I'm gonna be optimistic and go out on a limb and say nine out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> simply because because you know, uh it's been historically the FA Cup has been somewhere where we have been great, and I think it's a trophy that I consider uh, something that we we need to win at this point. Uh, I think it'd be great if we won the FA Cup, and since it's just just two rounds left now, I ha- I'm really hopeful about it. Uh, of course, coming to the Champions League, that's that's a different that's a different thing altogether, and. It's very difficult to rate our chances, but I'll say 6 out of 10, uh, which simply because we've got Porto and we are not on the other bracket where there's Manchester City and Bayern, you know, even, even during the draw. You know, uh, any of you Harry Potter fans out here, <laughs> by any chance? <laughs> because yeah, during, the, during, during the draw, I was uh, uh, like, you know, Harry with the sort, sorting hat on and
3: everything. <laughs> I <am> not, um, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. I think six out of ten. Fair enough. Well, Hamid Altontop top certainly heard you and he didn't draw Bayern. Um, right, as, as closet, closet Chelsea fan. As for me, I'd say the FA Cup, I'll go seven out of ten because I think we can beat three. I'd back us to beat three of uh I'd back us to beat United or Leicester. I'd back us to beat Southampton, it's just City I'm slightly wary of. But again, I think we're better organised now than we were when we played them earlier in the season. And I think we'd have a decent chance against them. As for the Champions League,
2: yeah,
3: I'll, I'll go six out of ten purely because I just think the fact that if we get to the final, we're massive underdogs. So that probably brings my rating down a bit. I actually forgot to include this. This is the final question now. From Zed, who goes? Who would you rather we have if we get past Porto, Real Madrid or Liverpool? Just quick fire here, Jack. Who would you rather we have, Madrid or Liverpool?
0: Probably Madrid, to be honest.
1: Fair enough, Dan. Oh uh, yeah, Real Madrid. I want to play them. First time since 1998 we will have played them. We've never lost to them in Europe, so.
2: why Fair not? enough. Connach. Real Madrid, I said.
1: Fair enough. Yeah,
3: I'll, I'll say Real Madrid as well because I don't want to play Liverpool. The finals in Istanbul. We've had heartache <laughs> in semi-finals. It would just be written or that Liverpool do us in the semi-finals. So now we'll play. Oh, I have I prefer Real Madrid as well. Right, that's all the questions you guys sent in this week. Come at us podcast. It was a really fun podcast to record. A great week for Chelsea progressing to the quarterfinals of the Champions League and semi-finals. The FA Cup. I want to thank our guests for coming on. Sir Konark, big thank you for coming on. Before you go, again, give yourself a little plug so people can follow you on Twitter. Uh,
2: thanks for having me on again. Uh, it's, uh, it's been a real pleasure to be on for a second time and hopefully get more chances to come on. Uh, so, my Twitter handle is Konarkantani, Konarkantani. Uh Just follow me if you want. <laughs>
3: Fair enough. And Dan, I want to thank you for coming on. Obviously been meaning to try and make it happen for a while. It was a pleasure to finally have you on and great, Obviously when you have two wins to discuss, it certainly helps. Before we go, give yourself a little plug yeah. for people.
1: Yeah, I just want to take some time to say thanks to uh, you, Nick and Jack, just for having me on. It really means a lot. I've been secretly wanting to be on this podcast for the longest time. I've been listening to you guys for over a year now. So I'm really grateful for you guys having me on. But you can find me on Twitter at i dan no zero five small i d a n k n o w zero five. Or you, if you can't, if you don't want to find me there, you can find me uh, regularly interacting on via the Chelsea Social at the Chelsea Social on Twitter. Yeah. As for us, we're on
3: Instagram at that Chelsea Pod on Twitter at bad Chelsea Pod. We're on all your usual podcast platform providers. If you like the pod away, as always, give us a rating and a review. If you're listening because you've come over from these two guys, hopefully, you know, you can now make us a regular occurrence. At the end of the day, we're all just Chelsea fans talking about the one club that we love. And when you get to discuss a win, it's always brilliant. Uh, Thank you, everyone, for listening. And until the next episode, everybody keep blue flags. Sports
1: Social Podcast Network.